Christ. Isn't it wonderful to be here today? Amen. Amen. I, you know, there's been some, uh, we've all had a difficult week. And this morning for you might have been difficult. I'm not sure. But I know it was kind of difficult for me. So I want to I want to lighten everything up and, and kind of shed some joy. I was telling, um, uh, you know, Scott and uh, his wife, uh, you know, Mercy, uh, that's uh, filling in for us today. I was telling them, you know, so I watched Star Wars. So I watched Rogue One. And to me, Rogue One is one of the best of the ones because it fits exactly in with the very next one. So I watched Rogue One, and then I had to, last night, I had to watch the next one, and we finally got our Blu-ray player to play a Blu-ray. Don't understand, it'll play a DVD, but not Blu-ray, and it's a Blu-ray player. Go figure that one. But we finally got it to do, so we watched it, and I started to watch another one. I'm like, no, that's enough. I'll do those. But I wore my socks for y'all today. Okay? I, you know, I, I wore my socks so I have Darth Vader on my socks. Now, don't hate the evil, okay? Because remember, he did turn to the good side. Uh, you know, so he is a good guy, you know. So at the last moment, uh, you know, he redeemed himself. Or he didn't redeem himself, but he went to the Redeemer, uh, the, uh, the only force that can truly save us is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's who we are, and that's where we go to this morning. So to help you out a little bit, I brought a little bit of sunshine in with my socks. Because with the stress stress, and with some of the bad things that happens in our lives, sometimes we need that, right? Amen. But it is great to see all of y'all here with us. It's good to see the crowd. Uh, you know, I would like to welcome each one of you that are here. For our guest, I would like to welcome them and also thank them for coming in and filling in for us today. It is wonderful to have them and to be here. Some announcements for you this morning. We have to make sure that we continue to remember our celebration service. The celebration service is going to start on Saturday, October the 1st. We will have a concert and then a dinner afterwards. And for those of you that don't know, we will actually be burning a copy of our mortgage payments because we will be debt-free uh, you know, at that point in time. So it's a celebration of what God has done for us and all the things that He has supplied. So that's going to happen that day, so it's a special day. And then Sunday, we will start revival, and that revival service will start at 1010. So come and be excited about that and, uh, you know, Invite your friends and invite your family, and y'all know the rest. So in dealing with the celebration service, we are also selling shirts for us to be able to wear on that Saturday for that concert and during that day. The sign-up sheet is in the uh, foyer, so you can sign up and pay for those, or, you know, those. If you have money and you want to go ahead and pay for those, you can find Darla. Or you can find Carrie Ramsey, okay? And those two will collect the money for that for you, uh, you know, so if you can do that. It's only $15 per shirt, and that goes all the way up to triple X, okay? 4X, I'm sorry, to, you know, as far up as to a 4X. 
and they're all $15. Okay? Huh? Yeah. There's three colors, so you can buy three colors or three shirts. Yeah, you can buy three shirts or two colors, three t-shirts, whatever. That's up to you. Now, I do want to make another announcement for you because uh, next Sunday, our district superintendent will be here, um, and he is going to be speaking for us. So please come and uh, you know show your support to our district superintendent. And for those of you that don't know or realize, uh, Peggy and I have been here now for six years, so we uh, we just celebrate that six year, uh, you know. So be you know come and, and be a part of that. And I see Terry standing up back there in the back. So obviously she has an announcement. Our NMI president, go. Ahead. Oh, that was mine. It was twenty dollars. Oh, so it wasn't twenty dollars. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for this day. God, this is this is your day. God, this is the day that we have set aside to to worship you and to glorify you in all that we say and all that we do. God, we join together at one, with one heart here in this community, in this church that we are in right now. God, we join together with all the churches across Rock Hill and across the state of South Carolina and across the United States to, to worship you because of who you are and because of what you have done. You are the creator of all things and the sustainer of all things. You alone are worthy of our praise. And God, we thank you that you gave us your son, Jesus Christ, that came into this earth and lived here with us. But God, he died on the cross as that perfect sacrifice, that we would be able to have a right relationship with you through him. And God, we even now today, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have given to us, that lives in us, and that guides us, and that directs our paths. And draws us unto you. God, today we thank you for those. And God, we glorify you again with all that we are and all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. As the praise and worship team comes up and as you stand, I would like to read a passage of scripture for you. And Solomon my son, learn to know God or the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. This morning, we take this information, we take this lesson that is given to Solomon. And he says, learn 
to know the God of your ancestors intimately. We draw close to Him today in our relationship, in our walk with Him, so that we will know Him intimately. Intimately. As a son knows the Father. As a daughter knows her father intimately. All right. Well, thank the Lord for our time together. I'm Scott Dawson. My wife, Mercy's here on the flute and various other things. Truly uh, a help meet if there ever was one. All right, we're going to start by singing Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. We when we see you because when we see you we find strength to face the day in your presence all our fears are washed away
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, when I heard the pastor was preaching on the river water this morning, that makes me very excited because one of the most common pictures I have of worship happening around the world, just think of it, everywhere around the world on this day in particular, people are beginning uh, joining in worship to our Lord and Savior. And we're all just joining in what's already being done in heaven. Amen. So it's like we have this opportunity to do here on earth what's being done in heaven, which is exactly Jesus' prayer in the garden. So we're doing a song. Uh, we're old vineyard people. Well, we're not really old, but uh, we're, we've done vineyard for many years. So anyway, we, do, we love this song, The River's Here, too. Oh. 
have really learned to welcome it as something that's needed for us to grow in God because it's not easy, is it? Lord, we want your blessings, but boy, if you could minimize the suffering, that would be helpful, right? Yeah. So if we're really realistic with ourselves, we would say, I don't often see you in it, God, but sometimes those are the times when he's actually closest to us. And in things we can't see or know right now. So I'd like us to go back and do 
third verse. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Please. 
skies above who in all the skies above and among all the mighty
skies above and all the skies above and among all the mighty take all of our cares and all of our worries uh, you know, to Him. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for, for being here with us. God, I pray, dear Lord, especially for each one that made their way to the altar this morning. You know, God, the ones that are interceding for their lost loved ones or the ones that are praying for burdens, dear Lord, I pray, God, that you have heard. You know, we know that you have heard. That you are the God that hears. And God, we know that whenever you hear, that, that you begin to work. And God, we pray, dear Lord, that, God, that you would move in those lives, dear Lord. God, that you would begin to, to change or you would begin to draw and God, you would touch the ones that needs to be healed. You know, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would just be with us, dear Lord, today in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd ask the ushers to go ahead and to make their way forward. 
as the ushers are making their way forward, I would ask that you would continue to remember Diane Blackwelder in your prayers. Uh, she is uh, still in the hospital. She's supposed to be there until at least Monday, um, most probably Tuesday, before she'll be able to go home. Uh, you know, so do remember her in your prayers. Uh, yes. She's at her daughter's house. Okay, so she's at Crystal's or Rhonda's? Dana's. She's at Dana's house. Okay, all right. Uh, but do remember her in your prayers. She still is going to have to have surgery on her foot. Uh, so do continue to remember her in your prayers. All right. David, if you can lead us in prayer. This is a song I wrote many years ago called Cleansing River. A knife My sin cuts me through just like a knife Tearing through my flesh and bone Piercing all the way down to my My sin cuts me through just like a knife. Good thing the pastor warned me. A chain. My sin that's around me like a chain. Binding up the gifts in me. Keeping me in bondage and in slavery. My sin wraps around me like a chain. The pain is just too much for my own heart to bear. Release cry of a soul who is trapped alone and who can't find his way The pain, just too much for my own heart to bear. Release, cry of a soul who is trapped and alone and who can't find it. 
a river, cool, refreshing place to wash me clean. Deep and pure, it calls me there, washing clean my sin and my despair. Amen. Amen. We've been to church. Amen. I uh, want to talk to you this morning and. I'm going to be all over the place in Scripture, so I will tell you that in your bulletin you have, uh, you know, that we're going to be looking at 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. That will be a portion of it. We're also going to talk a little bit about Romans chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 18 through chapter 2, verse 5. But I'm going to start off in Genesis, and I'm going to go in Genesis. I'm going to talk to you about Jeremiah. I'm going to talk to you from Luke. Uh, I'm going to talk to you from John. So, you know, just hang on, okay? Because we're going to be in God's Word, and we're going to see what He has for us this morning. And I want to talk to you, and I want to say that today, whenever we think, whenever I think about this, it's time. Okay? It's, it's, it's time for us. Now, I have often heard that God showed us how much He loved us whenever He gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Now, I'm not going to dispute that. Scripture tells us that. But whenever I think, I look into Genesis chapter 1, and I see in Genesis that God showed us how much He loved us right there whenever He created us. Now, why would I say that? Well, I would say that because 
let's think about this because he planned all of this before he created it. He knew all of this before he spoke that single word, let there be light. He knew that we would not choose to follow him. But he still created us because he loved us. Wow. <laughs> How many of you would do that? If we had the ability to create something, and then we created it knowing that it was going to reject us, and we created it anyway. How much love that is. Because he had a plan on redeeming us and bringing us back to him. Although we all rejected him, he loved us enough to still create us. In Genesis chapter 1, Verse 31, we find this. Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. And evening came and morning and the morning of the sixth day. So you get this? Let's read this again. Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was, I want you to repeat that or to say this with me, very good. So God looked out, saw what he had created, and he said, it's very good. On the sixth day is whenever he made man, whenever he made us, human beings, male and female. And he says, it's very good. He created Adam and Eve perfectly. There was not a blemish on them. They were designed and created perfectly. Hmm. That's nice, isn't it? Created perfectly. What happened? We go into chapter 3, and we find the fall. Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and partake of the forbidden fruit. Now, whenever they partook of the forbidden fruit, they were cursed. Right? It, scripture tells us that they were cursed. Not only were they cursed, but the earth was cursed. We are living from that moment on in imperfect bodies, on an imperfect world made by a perfect God, that it was supposed to be perfect. 
but it wasn't. Chapter 1, good. Chapter 2, good. Chapter 3, bad. Chapter 6, really bad. I don't know how much time, I know there's some scholars and philosophers here that would be able to tell me how much time in between chapter 3 and the fall and chapter 6 whenever we read this. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And that everything they thought of or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Wow. His creation in chapter 1, 31, very good, perfect. Chapter 6, everything that they thought about. Everything that they imagined was consistently evil. Man, there's a problem, right? There's there's this little problem here. Self desire. All the sin developed and began and came out of this fact that I want something to satisfy me. Everything that we do is to satisfy my desire. Everything. All the thoughts that we have is for me. I have to do this to protect myself. I have to do this to provide for my family. We, in the depths of who we are, do not care about the people sitting next to us. I want you to think about this. Even if you're sitting next to your partner, your spouse, our fleshly desire is not to satisfy their needs. It's to satisfy my need. But God still loved us, right? Paul goes in and in Romans chapter 1, let's, let's go there. Well, let, let me back up one step, okay? Because in Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 21, the Lord, we confess our wickedness. And that, uh, that of our ancestors too, we all have sinned against you. Now the Jeremiah is talking about the, the Israelites or uh, you know, the Jewish nation and how they had sinned against God. 
and they are asking and professing this and asking for forgiveness. And not only do they ask for forgiveness for their sins, but they ask for forgiveness of their ancestors' sins. We'll talk a little bit more about that, hopefully in a little bit. But Romans chapter 1, verse 18. But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not following God. Hopefully, we see this. See, our original, our sinful nature is not to go to God. It's to go away from God because we want things for ourselves. Right? We want what we want, so we do what we do. We do what we do to get what we want. My actions are my actions because of what I want. Paul goes in and Paul tells us that there's wicked people out there that are keeping some people from really knowing the true God because of their wickedness. But then he goes in and he says, but really, there's no reason why anyone should not be able to clearly recognize and to see God. There's absolutely no reason why we should not be able to recognize God. The problem is, is that we recognize that there is a God. But we don't want to follow Him. We still want to do what we want to do. Because whenever we do what we think we want to do, we get this worldly or earthly satisfaction. It satisfies my wants and desires for a brief period of time right then and there. Now, I know this is foreign for the people that are sitting in here, right? None of us have any issues with this, do we? 
I had two cups of coffee this morning because I need an extra boost. Now, we might laugh about that because there's some people that are addicted to coffee. I'm most probably one. Don't know what kind of withdrawals I would have if I went Monday without my cup of coffee. But then there's more serious things with this because there's people that struggle with some things. And what do they do? They run to alcohol. Right? I I can go and I can drink this so that it gives me this light sense. I'm I'm trying to explain this to you. You know. I got drunk many times in my life, but there's one time that I actually got drunk and I, and I laughed and I had fun with it, just once. And it was at the expense of my friend that I was supposedly staying with him at his house, and I was the passenger in his car. Now, Louisiana used to be kind of special. It is still special, but it was special in this way that you couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays. But you could drive to, to Baton Rouge, and they had this bar that would sell you a cookie for $5, and then they would give you a pint of daiquiri. They didn't sell you the alcohol. They sold you the cookie. And you had to have a drink to wash that cookie down with. So I bought one of the cookies. My friend drove me around for three or four hours, and we get to his house, and his mom is peering out the window to check and see what's going on because we still hadn't got out of the car after about five minutes. I want y'all to know I am laughing so hysterically, I couldn't even open up the door. And his mom was staring at us out the window, and he's hitting me saying, you're going to get me in trouble you got to stop, and that just made me want to laugh more. But people, we do things like that, don't we? We go to things that's going to create this moment in our life that we don't have to worry about the stress of the world, right? Give me something that's going to make me feel better. Come on, give me something. We go to the doctors and we get these give-me-somethings too, don't we? Now, please don't take this wrong, okay? I know that there are some people that that have high anxiety levels and they need medication to calm them down so that they don't go bonkers. I understand that. But can I help you out? Okay? And I'm not telling you to get off your medication. But if we totally, truly give it over to God, then we should have absolutely nothing to be anxious about. Okay, now that's a free message because I'm not there yet. We're still talking about our earthly and worldly desires and how we we go through this world that we live in. That's created by God, the one and only God. And we do everything that we can not to follow Him. 
And why is that? Because for me to truly follow him, I have to relinquish me. Right? I have to give up my right to be in charge of my life. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do it because it means that I have to grow up. It means that if I do this, then I have no clue on what's going to happen in my life. If I totally surrender everything, I have problems with that. Verse 21. It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping and glorious, the glorious or the glorious everlast, ever living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. See, I just talked to you about going through that, right? Whether we really want to claim it or not, anything that we put before God becomes an idol. Anything. Anything that I had rather do than worship God becomes an idol. Simple, right? They thought they were wise. I, I, I kind of like this. It says, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Are, are we, are we, is our culture not there? Is our culture not thinking up of what God should be and, and what God should be like? So let's go back and let's think about this word that I started off with about love and about God loving us. Because the society that we're dealing with, they're all about God's love, right? All about it. But they want absolutely nothing to do with his justice. Let's kind of take this page here. Let's put it over here. Luke 15. Verse 11 through 21. The prodigal son. Right? We all know this story. A lot of us should know this. We got this, right? Uh, you know, this is the story that Jesus gives us, uh, you know, and it's, it goes in to illustrate the point further. Jesus tells this story. 
I want you to go all the way down to 17 because you can read the story on your own. Verse 17, it says, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. I want you to see this. I've made a huge transition, didn't I? Because there has to come a point in time in our lives that we come to our senses. Every single person that has ever been created has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us lived our lives as if everything was for me and only me. All I had to do is satisfy myself. The prodigal son came to his senses. He said, you know what? All this stuff out here that the world has to offer me, that's really not any good. But what my father has at home, even as a servant, is better than what I'm doing now. What was he doing? Holy Spirit just gave me this. He was wallowing around in the slop. He was hungry. He was, he was thinking about eating what the pigs were eating. He was thinking about eating what the world is providing for us as what the world shows us is food. Satan does have, doesn't have anything compared to what God has. But yet we look at the things of the world and we look at that and we're like, man, this is good to eat, isn't it? He came to his senses. Now, whenever he came to his senses, he comes up and he says, I'm going to say this to my father. I have sinned against both heaven and you. There has to be a point in time in our lives that we realize who we are. And whenever we realize who we are, there has to be a point of repentance. Oh, don't make me go back to the page that I just threw on the floor. Because remember it said the things that they thought, they thought they were wise. See, is, is there not times in our lives that that we think that we're wise and we're really not even close to doing what God wants us to do 
see, for, for us, for, for those that's, you know, I say for us because we were once there, right? We cannot remove ourselves so far from the fact that we were saved from the exact same thing that we're trying to help other people get saved from. See, there was a point in time that I thought I was really smart. That was back whenever I was around 16, 17. I could tell my dad everything. And I knew it all. It might have even been a little bit younger than that. I remember in middle school telling my basketball coach, you don't know anything about basketball. And I quit. Walk off the court. See, so now I'm going to get personal. Because don't we tell God that? We're, we're, we're asking, we're, we're trying to follow Him, and, and we're asking Him to do something. And He does it, but He doesn't do it the way we want Him to do it. So we complain. Or, we kind of talked about this Wednesday night. We will put up a prayer. And in our prayer, we tell God how he's supposed to answer it. Come on. I, you know, guys, come on. You know, let's be real with ourselves because there's some of us that are going through struggles and problems and stuff in our lives. And whenever we pray for those struggles and those problems in our lives, we're picturing in our minds how God's supposed to take care of it. We won't say it, but we think it. So is our heart in the right place? If our heart's in the right place, then the thought would be in the right place. Mm. Okay, all right. I know I haven't gotten to the water yet, have I? Wow. Let's get to the water. Because it's a really cool place. If you go to 2 Kings and you look at 2 Kings Chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. There's this cool story that we have here about a gentleman by the name of Naaman. Naaman has leprosy. Naaman hears from one of his slaves that there's a prophet in Jerusalem, okay, that can, or no, in Samaria, that can heal him from leprosy. So his king writes a letter so that he can go to the Israelites' king so that he can then go and be healed. Oh, this is really cool, guys. Y'all got to go along. Y'all got to come on with me. Come on with me. Verse 3, all right? Here it says, she goes, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria and he would heal him from leprosy. So you got it? So he goes there. In verse 10, 
as Elijah sent a messenger out to him with this message. So he's got the letter. He goes there. He gets to Elijah's house. Elijah doesn't come out. The prophet doesn't come out to see him. He sends his messenger out to see him. And his messenger says this. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be blown. The prophet didn't tell him to do it. The prophet doesn't think that Nahum is important enough to come down the stairs, go to the door, and give him the message. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because there's sometimes that we don't hear directly from God, but we hear from somebody else, right? And we're like, what, am I not important enough to hear from God? Come on. We got it. Okay, so, so he has the problem because the messenger gives him, but then the messenger gives him a message that he didn't want. Right? So he walks off all upset. He goes, I thought he would certainly come out to me and he would wave his hand over my skin and he would say some magical words and all of a sudden my skin would be healed. Leprosy to be gone. Then he walks off, he leaves. Takes his horse and chariots and all the money and stuff that he was going to give to the prophet. And he packs up and he leaves. And his servant kind of looks at him and he goes, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, would you not have done it? So you would certainly obey him when, or when he does ask you to do something simple? Go and wash and be cured. I've held y'all too long, right? That's why y'all were just kind of staring at me. Do we not try to make Christianity difficult? Do we not try to make salvation a difficult step? See, there's some words that I've picked up on, that I've, that I've brought out and I have hopefully going to connect for you right now. God loves us. We've all sinned. We all have to come to our senses. We all have to come to an understanding that I have sinned against God. And we all must repent and ask for forgiveness of our sins. And we need to go to the water like Nahum to be cleansed. I think I might have missed somebody there. See, Nahum had leprosy that he needed to be healed from, right? We all have sin in our lives. That the cleansing water, the water that's going to come in and that is going to cleanse us from our sins. We need to come down to the water. We need to dip our toes in the water. We need to dive head first into the water. 
We need to be immersed in the water, in the Holy Spirit, so that we will be cleansed from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. We need to be washed by the living water. I'm going to go back up here because, see, the living water, the Holy Spirit, baptizing us, cleansing us, removing all of the sin, all of the filth out of our lives. It's simple. Believe in Jesus Christ. Confess that he is the Son of God. That he died on the cross. That he was dead and in the grave for three days. But he rose again to save each and every one of us from our sins. And whenever he went into heaven, his Father gave us the Holy Spirit to be in us and to lead us and to guide us and to direct us. And to give us power over sin. It's not that difficult. But we all must come to our senses. And to understand who we are. And where we are. When we stand before God Almighty. It's not whenever we stand before our neighbor. It's whenever we stand before God. (laughs) I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. Andrew, go ahead and play that song. I want you to see the words. I want you to listen to this. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down. Shame drowned in the streams that have made me born. 
Go down to the river because we'll be changed. Never to be the same. Amen. The river is Jesus Christ and his life that flows in us and through us. You have the elements for communion with you. Hopefully everybody has the elements of the communion with them. This is in representation of our Lord and Savior and what He did for us. And whenever we see this, I go ahead and open up the bread. Jesus did this meal with His disciples. And He took the bread... And he said, this represents my body that is sacrificed for you. Take it and eat it. And then Jesus took the cup. And with the cup, he held it up. And he said, this represents the new covenant. This represents my blood that is shed and poured out for you. And then drink it. His blood that was poured out for us washes us cleanses us. It, it, it doesn't just cover up the sin. It removes the sin from our lives. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the words that you have given to us. God, I thank you for your son. God, I thank you for the river and God, that river that we can go down to, that we can be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen.